welcome to episode 80 of the Switch Mania Playcast! 80 episodes of fun, and that is amazing. <laughs> you forgot what you were going to say. <laughs> no, I paused for dramatic effect. <laughs> I was going to say fun in the sun? What are we doing? <laughs> no, no, so fun in the sun, God, I wish. Yeah. It's, it's early spring, but it's still not, not feeling it right now. It's been a cold day. No, it's always cold. It's always and you know what? You know, you know the best way to spend a, a cold day, right? Uh, playing the Nintendo Switch. Well, yeah, that would be the that would be the second best. The best was what I did, which was stand outside talking with JP. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, God. I actually got to see JP today, which is so, awesome. So the newest but, premium edition update is um, we actually got in the advanced copies of yes. the Steelbook and. JP in his wisdom says, Barry, come drive out to me. <laughs> uh, it, it was fine because, I, you know, what I, I love getting to have that social interaction and that face-to-face, which is something I think in a post-COVID world we, we get so little of. Mm-hmm. So it's great to get out. The only problem was is that my wife actually fell asleep in the car and I was questioning if she was alive or not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little brutal there, Barry. <laughs> now, now I will say I um, definitely got in my copy of the Steelbook today, and like Erica worked on the Steelbook, one of our team members, and it is so awesome. It's like super, super shiny. Of course, it's landscape, which is the first U.S. landscape one, and the first overall fully landscape one. Um, and but it also has a 3D effect on the front where the, some of the characters and like the knobs and the television and everything pop because we literally made a television steelbook. Yes, I, I picked up my copy from JP and I will absolutely echo that. Erica did a phenomenal job and, and we can't wait for you to see it and uh, you will see it soon. Uh, Erica will be the one, rightfully so, to show off the steelbook for the first time if jp can hold off we will see (laughs) we will see fingers crossed and the interior if she shows the interior if she doesn't show it we won't spoil but the interior is amazing it looks great that's all we'll say looks so Be, be prepared to be wowed yeah yeah that's it's really cool and um of course uh through the week Uh, Since the last recording, I did ship out the first shipment of patches, which people have already started to get, uh, which includes the unboxing patches, the challenge patches for Super Blood Hockey, and the challenge patches for Pigeon Death. Um, And it's been super, super positive. And then today, I actually mailed out round two, because I'm doing one round a week, and I'm actually going out of town, Barry, uh, starting tomorrow, and then I'll, I'll be gone for a week. So I wanted to get them out early. That's fine. I mean, even even if you wind up having to wait a week to send out again, I'm I, I'm fairly certain our customers will be okay with that because I'll I'll say this, you know, since I, I talked to so many of the customers that we have, I think we got the best customers of any company. Like really, mm-hmm. we got some really awesome people uh, that have just been so sweet, uh, you know, and conversing, and it's it's made my life a lot easier and, and a joy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that everybody's been so positive about these patches. And now that they're getting them in, they realize how high quality they are and how great they are. And it's really awesome. I'm so well, happy for all these people who are in them. One thing is, is being on the other side of the table at conventions, 
Um, it's, I mean, I'm just a collector. I'm just a gamer. They're all part of our community, Barry. To me, it's like, all right, we're just happen to be making some cool games and we're making them exactly how we would want to. So that's, from my perspective, what we're doing. And it's like, people are appreciative because they're like in our realm. They're in our wheelhouse. They're one of us. Um, literally, you're part of the family. Everybody's buying it. Part of the family, right? Like, so it's like we're creating this premium edition, you know, cult over here, right? The cultists. You're saying one of us. No. <laughs> no. But no, literally, we were saying, like, join the family, all that stuff. Let's get physical, all that. Um, yeah, it's. Sorry. <laughs> Making it creepy, Perry. Making it creepy. Um, but in reality, though, that's I'm not surprised though that we had some cool like responses and stuff because I mean a lot of the people are just part of the community that we're a part of. I well, I've seen so many people talk about how they bought it intending to keep it sealed, which we get that we we have so many games we keep sealed because we just can't get to them all. But because of the challenges, they popped them open. They played the games. And I've seen so many people say like, ah, I, I wasn't sure if I would like hockey. I just got it because it was the first release. And then they fall in love with super blood hockey. Cause it's just such a cool arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love to see people having fun with video games, especially in the world we're in today. We need enjoyment. We need entertainment mm-hmm. and video games are supposed to be that. They're supposed to be fun. Well, I mean, it's 100% right, and that's kind of the thing is we're going to be having like premium edition days for our series releases because in reality, if you don't open the game, you don't get the challenge patch, and like when people start posting the patches, I'm like, congratulations on you know completing your game now because now you have the complete physical, um, and that's that's how we we see it. That's our that's our achievement system, and we're not going to be flooding the market. So you know, every once in a while, we're going to have a new game release, and then we're going to have another fun time. And when we do Robot Name Fight and the other game, it'll be a fun time, and it'll be another really cool experience where we see people people trying to do the crazy challenges that we we and the developers come up with yeah that's that's the fun part too is that the the challenges are from the developers and i know for you know just watching loren's responses he's got to be loving this so much and especially with super blood hockey with all the uh the fun ways that people can die uh just seeing those pictures is great and i I can't wait to see more flooding of of just pictures from challenges from our next games as well. And it starts mm-hmm. getting intermingled as somebody gets Super Blood Hockey like later on or Pigeon Dev later on. And suddenly it's like, hey, look, I beat Awesome P. Hey, I killed somebody intermingled with the new challenges as it comes out. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is like, I think this JP kept on commenting. He's like, man, I never expected the uh, the craziness of the posts. Like, I did, because I kind of tailored it, because yeah. Loren gave me like six different challenges that he came up with. And I'm like, that one's the craziest one. That's the one we want. <laughs> it was the one that we picked, which was kills. I was like, that one's going to be hilarious when people post. And so, like, Loren and I were talking about it. So, this is completely by design, by the way. I think, because you kind of mentioned that last week, and I'm like, um, actually, like, Loren and I figured that out. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping that our emails don't get audited or something and, like, the cops come because I keep congratulating people on murder. Um, uh, you're already yeah, on a watch list, Barry. So it's okay. uh, probably are. You know, I, it wouldn't probably. surprise me if I am. 
There's no probably. You're on a watch list, Barry. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> so, um, obviously, uh, you don't hear JP's voice for everybody that's listening. He had a family thing he had to go go yep. do today, so he, he told us he wouldn't be around. And so we're going to wait on the game of the week, which I don't even think this time Barry played it. So that This just tells you how busy I've been is the fact mm-hmm. that of all of us, I'm usually the one to play the game and play the <laughs> game the most. And this time, Jeff has actually played the game, and I haven't even played it yet. Yeah. I've been so busy. Assumption is JP doesn't play games, so I'm probably the only one who's played the game this time. I did play a ton, um, and it's roguelike, and I'll have my um, my opinions on that because it's. I don't think it's the best roguelike that I played. I mean, you know... Uh, me being a little selfish, Robot Name Fight's probably my favorite of the roguelikes so far that I've played. But Hades is still... It's it's definitely worth playing, owning, and, and doing all that. But we'll go into depth once we can dig into it and everybody's played it. Um, so well, Speaking of games, what have you played? Yeah, so I played a bunch. A um, bunch of smaller stuff. And I got some stuff in the mail. Um, which actually... I guess I'm not on my spending freeze anymore, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, so the first thing that I played was um, I got a second copy of God Eater 3, and London and I played it together. So the only way to play God Eater 3 cooperatively is if you own two copies of the game and two Switches. <laughs> so Damn. Yeah, so and so it's like local play is what it, what it is. And so we, were, we played it together, and it's super fun now. Like, it's... Because, like, playing through God Eater 3 is kind of like playing Monster Hunter. Uh, except for you're playing as these different types of beasts, and it's a lot less customization or crafting, I would say. There's more crafting in Monster Hunter versus God Eater 3. Um, but London, like, loved that game when we first got it, and then she kind of just hit a cap when it came to like her skill because she was a lot younger now her skills up but she uh hasn't played it in a while and when i got the second copy she she wanted to play it this week and so it was fun playing together and we beat a few levels that she couldn't beat before and actually she started her own game so i was able to carry on with the my original game save that i had so we're both about the same level so i didn't have to start the game over which was nice that's awesome yeah, so that was that was a fun one. Um, that was in between sessions of Hades, and then I did pop in the update for Immortals: Phoenix Rising, with the Chinese um, mythology update. Oh, how and was that? you guys aren't gonna want to play it because it's addicting. Like you'll just end up having to play the whole thing. It's ridiculous. It's awesome. It's like a whole another game. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be a small island. I was looking at it at the map and I was like rushing over to get to like the new quote unquote Mount Olympus place and then I looked at it and the world's like huge again. I'm like, it's a whole nother game. It's the oh same size as the first. Yeah, and it's all new stuff. New there's a lot of parallels when it comes to all the items and obviously it controls the same and everything. Um and all the different abilities and things. And Phosphor has a new name. The bird has a new name, which is pretty funny because he looks at looks at the uh, the god this time and like the same look that he did in the other one. <laughs> like I don't like this oh, name, boy. but um, yeah. So again, cool ass game, cool game. Um, I'm probably gonna have to stop playing it 
<laughs> just because there's just too much, man. Too much. I don't have the time, and I need to play more Hades. So that one was cool. Um, I probably played. I played through the fir- the very beginning portion, and then I got to the upgrade station where the like the quote unquote Olympus spot. It's a forge. I got to that, and then I stopped because I was like, ah, this is gonna go on forever, and I'm gonna not stop until I beat the game. <laughs> So another one that I got, which we actually, I don't know if we talked about it on the Playcast, but we are talking about Space Invaders Forever. Yeah. Um, so I got the in-in version, so I didn't get the complete one or whatever, but it ends up when you pop in the game, it creates two icons. So I hadn't played much of Space Invaders Forever, but Arkanoid versus Space Invaders is its own icon on the screen. And that game is freaking awesome, Barry. It's amazing. You can only play it in handheld mode. It's touchscreen. And you literally push your finger on the screen to move the Arkanoid paddle, which means it's perfect one-to-one movement, which I always had an issue playing Arkanoid with anything but the Voss NES controller. Because the Voss NES controller has a little dial that simulates the arcade. Everything else using the controllers always sucks with the, with Arkanoid games. This is perfect, but all the Space Invaders, they're shooting down at you. And you, you can deflect all their bullets back at them to kill them with the Arkanoid paddle. And then once you get a certain amount of attack, it turns into like a, um, a bow and arrow almost. And then you can shoot the Arkanoid ball, like your, your pinball ball. And you shoot that. And it goes off and kills more. And instead of like being able to die, you actually just have to destroy all the space invaders in a certain time limit. So it's super addicting. I don't know if you uh, popped in your copy of Arkanoid versus Space Invaders. I Invasion. have not. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's super fun arcade game. Good for short playthroughs. I'm gonna play it while we're driving um, up to because we're going up to Indiana to visit my in-laws uh, once we when we drive up there I'm going to uh, be playing that when I'm not driving so it's my my wife's turn to drive I'll be playing that a little bit because it'll be easy to play in the car um, it does get complex later too so there is that because some craziness cool. um, yeah so that one Arkham over space invaders is a super fun one absolutely re- recommend it um, got in the demo and then the real version of retro mania wrestling um which we all got the physical from um retro soft mm-hmm. and it's obviously going to be published by limited run games because one of the arenas the too many games one has a limited run games stand in the back so absolutely going to be limited run games that's publishing that one um physically but i will say how many wrestling games you play over the years barry uh, I played the original, like the arcade game, and uh, definitely during the N sixty four NWO World Tour mm-hmm. and uh, Ram- uh, Revenge. Those two games alone, I played probably a hundred hours or so in each with just my friends. And then I played a little bit of I think WWF Attitude on the sixty four. Yeah, and I I might have played just a little bit into the uh, GameCube, but after that. Uh, it was over after the WrestleMania. And you, it was just like I moved on. The, you didn't play much of the any of the newer modern ones, the WWE two Ks or no. The, the one that there was All Stars, WWF All Stars or WWE All Stars. Mm-hmm. I heard really good things about, and I almost I have it on I think everything, and I I was planning on playing it. I just never had the time, but I heard yeah. good things about it. But I loved those the and you know NWO World Tour and 
WCW versus NWO. Like, uh, that was so great. Like, that was, I think, to me, the best. And again, I haven't played the recent stuff, but that was the best era for wrestling games. Like, I've, yeah. I've just heard so many people go back to that era. The, and I agree. Like, I'm not a wrestling fan. I, I grew up with it. But there was just something about just getting, you know, three other friends together and just getting into the ring and just beating the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. It worked. So, I will tell you, um, for me, this game is interesting because don't expect anything of any modern style wrestling game. Um, there's no creator wrestler mode. This is absolutely a throwback to Russell Fest on the in the arcade. Um, there's only a few characters. There's like 16 characters, maybe max. Um, there's a couple more coming on the way like downloadable ones or something on the way like he's i mike from retrosoft has said on different interviews that he's planning on doing multiple dlc characters throughout the throughout the years so um he does have to get all the licenses though but um that being said though there's one major issue that i have with the game and it's roster talent so, WrestleFest, you got Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, Mr. Perfect. Um, this one, you know, your biggest names, I mean, you got the Road Warriors, which were also in WrestleFest, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then you have some ECW guys. You got Tommy Dreamer and the BWO. Um, and you have some indie guys. And, like, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, is in there, which a lot of casual fans aren't going to know who that is, but he's a pretty awesome wrestler. And there's some indie guys. There's also like John Morrison in WWE. Is Johnny Retro in it? And he signed that before he went back to WWE and stuff like that. But there's really no. I mean, you have a lot of wrestlers that aren't. It's not Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have that name recognition. Exactly. So like, it's not like Chris Jericho's not in it, or you know, like like the big big names that are out there right now. And I think that's what's missing is that. All right, so I played it. I played a one on one match, and I I won my match. And I played as Tommy Dreamer um, from ECW, and I fought uh, one of the guys. I don't even remember who I fought. Um, and then I did the Retro Rumble uh, a, di- a different day. I did a second day. I played the Retro Rumble, which you literally start off. And it brings in up to eight wrestlers at a time. And then as one gets eliminated, which you can eliminate them by the pinfall, uh, new ones come in. And they have the same classic little animations when they come in, too, like they did in WrestleFest, which is kind of cool. Like little animation things. And I ended up winning very first time I played. And it gave me the credits like I beat the game. <laughs> oh, that was fast. I was like, whoa. Um... But that being said, though, there's a 10 pounds of gold, which is the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. That's what they call the NWA World's Heavyweight title, is the 10 pounds of gold. There's a 10 pounds of gold mode, which I haven't tried out. And there's a story mode, a whole story mode that I haven't tried out. So there's still a lot of meat to this game. But I would say from a wrestling title, like, there's something out there called Fire Pro Wrestling World, right? So Fire Pro Wrestling World has hundreds and hundreds of games. Um, that are, you have customizable wrestlers. You can customize every single one. Like, it has spoiled us for when it comes to wrestling games. Um, so, like, this right here, like, it's it's a complete throwback. Expect getting an arcade style title, and you'll be fine. Um, 
probably oh I know who I played as in the Retro Rumble. It was the one that they voted on War Horse. And so War Horse is a throwback to like Ultimate Warrior. So pretty cool to play as him just because it reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior when I played in WrestleFest and that was that was fun. That's why I played as him. Um but yeah, like there's it's just kind of that's the only spot where it misses the mark is that it doesn't have like the the crazy name recognition of course is the game gonna sell a ton of course because you have all the youtubers that are in the game and the too many games arena and you got all the the wrestlers themselves that are signed that are indie wrestlers that are going to you know shill it because they want to sell the game and make extra cash and all that so you're absolutely gonna this game's gonna do well in the um collector's market well in the collector's communities but like the casual fans are going to know this one barry yeah i agree it's super interesting and i mean i'm a i'm a wrestling fan from back in the day the nwo era and stuff and i absolutely agree with you that like wcw versus nwo revenge and world tour and all those games were amazing like back in the day, the slow paced style and all those you could edit the characters too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I hope though someday they bring out fire pro wrestling world to the switch. That would be amazing. I mean, hell premium would want to publish that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, let's hear, let's hopefully like some of the downloadable characters that come out too for retro mania or like some classic characters, like some, some big names or something they're able to get, into the game uh just for longevity because or put in create a wrestler because the irony is is the icon shows a picture of you know johnny retro like walking out there's no entrances or music in the game they all just start in the ring that seems kind of weird like that's a big part of the wrestling yeah and they came out and walked out during wrestlefest but when i played the exhibition and when I played the Retro Rumble, they were already in the ring, and then they do announce. There's an announcer there that announces the wrestlers, and which the announcing's cool, but it's missing themes. It's missing like I want to hear some stuff. They could even made like you know chiptune versions or something. It'd have been cool. But yeah, there's there's a few things missing. It's not quite a home run for me, but it's still cool. It's not a bad game at all, and it was fun, and you can change the um, difficulties and everything, too. So if you're a casual gamer, you can play it. If you want to play hardcore, you can play hardcore. Yeah, I still have to boot mine up, but I'm <laughs> glad to hear that it's, you know, it plays well because the game has been a while in the making. Yeah, I kind of assumed that it was going to be one that, like, I'll play it, like, a few times and it'll be cool. But if there's nothing to bring me back to, it's unfortunate, which I hope that, you know, they do some extra stuff to, to bring me back into it. So, one other thing that I played uh, yesterday, before we get to the, the main title that we're going to talk about, um, I played, and did you, did you play any Super Mario 35 yesterday? It was the last day. I did not play any oh, on the last day, but I did play uh, a couple days prior to that, because if you collect coins, you get 350 points if we got enough, and uh, we got enough because I got the email, I got my 350 points for collecting coins in the Super Mario 35. I did not get enough coins. <laughs> But it was a community um, thing. Like as long as you did it before the thirty first, you yeah. should get an email. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I I love playing that game. That is so fun, and um, I always end up putting it on the lowest time because you can like flip this the the uh, the little analog stick and mm-hmm. choose who you want to attack when you're killing enemies. And 
I just move through real slow and attack enemies and toss them over. And I mean, the gamers since the last time I played, they've gotten a lot better because I think the the uh, best I did was like eighth place. Um, which I, I was winning every time, like before. So I'm like, people have gotten good, which is awesome because I haven't played since we talked about the playcast last last time. So I had to play it on the last night just to see it see it goodbye and then it was actually here's the interesting part it was loaded when i turned on my switch here before the playcast so i could see what games i played on the kiosk and it was loaded and on and i it was in the mode where i could like select the game and it like kicked me out and said this is no longer available online some people are still apparently playing it over that yeah. i mean it could be a uh i tried april fools but yeah i tried i tried and it was that. Uh... <laughs> So, the final game that I played, since there's a bunch, um, Balan Wonderworld. And I played the demo over the weekend. Played through it. And you said you played it too, right, Barry? Yes, I did. So, I want to hear yours, because I think we're going to have different opinions on this. Or maybe not, because maybe not, Barry. We'll see. I was so excited for this game. I... Love Yuji Naka's work. Mm-hmm. I saw that the trailer at the inside. It was the inside Xbox, I think. They they was the reveal. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it. Like the music, I just showed my my wife. And I was like, look at this. This is awesome. And the demo went out, and I was so ready for it. This was going to be my March game. And I played the demo, and I cried. I cried a lot because I had such high hopes for this game, and it's you hot stop garbage. Stop this crying, Barry. You stop this crying. Now it was it, it was. It was so poorly designed. It felt like I was running through molasses. I felt like I could barely jump. Uh, the The costumes, which are really cool in design, but I would rather have half the amount of costumes if they could do more than one function at a time. <laughs> because nothing like getting the dragon and then needing to jump, and you you know it's your only costume. You're screwed. Then if you get hit. Instead of having a full HP bar, you lose your costume. Yeah, lose That's your the costume. one you needed. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. If you need to get another costume, you have to go back to it. But you need a key. But the keys are right next to the costume. So it's like, why have the key? Just give me the costume. It's it's just feels off. And then you have those weird levels where you play as Balan, and it's just like push the button when the silhouette matches my character and i'm like what this is this isn't fun this is just i mean it's bizarre but and i like bizarre things but this was just nonsensical like i wanted to play like a knight's like level with as bowen that would have been great but instead i give a a whack quick time event and it just feels off. Everything about it, the story, <laughs> like apparently there's a novel or something that it goes into more depth of the story. Otherwise, you get nonsensical cutscenes. And it could be a deep story, but I don't get that from the game. And it just, <laughs> it, it was just bad. Like, I got the game for my collection, but I was ready to rip it open and play it before I played this demo. And then I heard that the final boss gives you, you know, seizures and. I don't know. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> they passed. Not anymore. They, they patched. They patched did. the seizure. The seizure dream. The fact that they had to patch something like that speaks volumes to me. <laughs> now, yeah, they patched no, some I, stuff already, which is good. Um, so, I um, I first didn't like it when I played the demo, and then I changed the camera to not auto, and I put it at fast, not super fast, but fast. 
and now then it plays like other style games from the Sega Saturn era. Because this is a complete tribute to the Sega Saturn. Um, some of the stuff that you mentioned didn't bother me. The slower pacing was fine. I was going in just chilling, playing it. Um, I agree that the um, the balance thing was weird, but I was actually kind of just enjoying the break from the, from the uh, the different modes, just like watching it. And I really wished I was like drunk or something watching playing the game, because it would have been <laughs> trippy, like for real. Like, cause you watch, did you beat the uh, the boss? They like break yeah. out into freaking dance. Yeah. And they start singing and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell was Yuji Naka on? I love it. It's so dumb. Like, it's to me, I was I went into it without wanting to love it. I just went into it like, oh, people are saying this is terrible. I'm just going to play it and not like it. And I'm just going to, you know, we could talk about it in the playcast. And I actually liked it to the point where I bought the game. And I don't buy every game. So I bought the game. Um, now, where I'm not happy. So, um, first of all, if you play all the level one stuff right and you get enough to unlock the train you get to ride the train and unlock two more levels in the demo did you know that yes. yeah i did so it's like four you, level world four and world six or something like yeah that. and so i did all that i did a lot of stuff i played it for like a few hours um here's where i'm pissed off i put in the game after i bought it none Doesn't of the progress, the progress saved none of the progress saved so from the demo to this so now i gotta start over so i'm like nope i'm good for now i'm gonna play more hades so that was my major thing that I was like, man, I because I went through and like got everything in the first world, looked all around. Then like world four and six, I didn't really do that as much. But what you do is you unlock, you get all these crystals and you collect the crystals and then take them back to the overworld and the little hatchling, little birdies, um, they end up going and like building this tower for you. And so I did a ton of that. And now it's all gone. So I'm like, I don't really want to re-grind right now. I am not a grindy type fan. What do you think about one button does everything, that every costume has only one function? You jump or you attack, but you can't do both in a platformer game. So some of the ones do have a jump and an attack. So there's a Tasmanian Devil one that does jump and attack. Um, There's some like... Like uh, one where you jump and then you can like blow up like a, a sheep. There's uh, Arrow the Acrobat <laughs> one where like literally you can turn to a bat. You can jump in the air and then you can home in on guys and like attack them and tech balloons or enemies to go up. So there's a lot of variety when it comes to them. There's some that are like dumb though, like the um the gear one where you can like just turn bo- gear boxes to to move platforms. Yeah. Um. I do think that they should allow two or three to be layered on top of each other. So that way you can like maybe do combinations of layering because it really feels like the original Link to the Past on the Game Boy where I can only load up two icons at once and I couldn't even like have the sword. I, if I had the sword and the shield, I couldn't do anything else. Um, <laughs> it reminded me but at of least that. you had an inventory <laughs> where you could switch. Here you can only hold three costumes at once. Yep, and it only removes the third costume. So if you have like... If it's the, if you go and accidentally get the a new costume, you might remove one that you need for that level. Yep. So which is and the, stupid. The levels are trial and error too. So like there's certain ones where I replaced the little piggy ones. There's a piggy one where you jump and then you can butt stomp. Um, and mind you, I think where 
it's frustrating for some gamers and maybe even you, Barry, is that a lot of this shit's a normal Mario thing. Mario does all this. <laughs> he can run, jump, punch, and butt stop natively. Yeah. No, no, well, most, no costume. most platformers. Yeah, most you platformers. Could banjo, you could too. <laughs> yeah. Most platformers, you could do a lot of these abilities, and I think that's where like the abilities should have been fleshed out to where they're a little more fun. Um, yeah, there's a, a pumpkin one where you can jump around and you can punch too. Um, the one where have you, you seen, can't have you seen the, the box fox. The box fox is. I thought it was stupid. It just changed into a box, and I fell off a platform. And I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah, randomly on its own, it changes into a box and throws you off platforms. Like that is so I'm, stupid. I'm telling you, we got to be drunk when we play it. Like it's like it's the only way that game's gonna be fun. Like I think I'm just gonna have a game night and just let people play it, and they think that it's Mario, and then they get the box fox and get pissed off, and it'll be hilarious <laughs> to watch. Like you, I guess in that type of scenario, sure. Um, but it's it's it shouldn't be. See, those are the kind of games that I like to play while I don't drink, but just with friends, just to laugh at like bad shovelware games. Like, let's laugh at how bad this well, is. Well, I say That's drink, but it should be other states of mind, right? Do a little yeah, psilocybin. But, but, <laughs> but, but that's that's not the type of experience you expect from a sixty-dollar game from Yuji Naka and Square mm-hmm. Enix. That's the yeah. type of thing you expect from a five-dollar Walmart bargain bin game. I will tell you a lot of. A lot of the comments, because I posted my, from my playthrough, I took screenshots in-game. Uh, most people were like, yeah, I'm going to wait for it to be 20 bucks." Um, it might be. I was I was not on the upcharge for a program, because of like, the, the limited edition of the game. Like If it had a stuffy of one of the little birdies or something, I would have got it just to give it to my daughter. But they didn't have anything cool like that uh, with the limited edition. You know, I don't. I I am going back and forth whether this is going to be one of those twenty-dollar games because yes, Square Enix games do drop in value for the most part, at least mm-hmm. now. But I also think there's not going to be a second print of this game. No. Like I think Square is going to be like, you know what? We tried. We're we're not going to print this game and then sell it at twenty bucks and take a loss. Like there's just not as much demand. This is most likely going to be a one print game. I could be wrong, and after all these patches, it could become like a, a like a, a darling. But I don't think so. I think the reception has been negative enough, and I I don't think there's going to be a second print. So you might not find this for fifty. This one could shoot up. Well, the other thing is, I think it's going to be a kid's title. Like I think my daughter once she plays it, is going to love it. And maybe it's just not for us, and maybe it's going to be for kids. But here's the thing. The Switch collecting community, the, everybody that they should be marketing toward is, like, the us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, even, just... even, you know, I hate that expression. It's for the kids, it's not for us. Kids don't deserve crappy games. Games like Mario are also for kids, and they're great, and they're fun, and everybody can enjoy them. I just you think know, they made it too it, easy. They made it too basic. That's why there's only one button. That's. I mean, look, you, you had things like Kirby's Air Ride that had one button, but that was mm-hmm. a racing game, and it worked. This is a 3D platformer. Even even when you go into the options, like it literally every button does the same thing. It's, it's amazing. So I love it. it. Like on the bottom of the screen, it has what every button does, and it literally has A, B, X, Y, the same thing. It's so stupid. It's really know. odd. I think I'm just going to play it for a, a chill time. It is not hard at all. You know what? I want to plug in an Atari 2600 joystick, and you can most likely play the game with that. No, you can't. You want to know why? Because you won't be able to rotate the camera. Put it on automatic. 
No, automatic is it gets me sick. Automatic camera gets me sick. I don't know what in the hell, man. But you, with automatic camera, you could probably play it with an Atari joystick with the one button. Oh, God. <laughs> they made it for the Atari VCS console, right? They could have done it, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we could play the game with the um, Pokemon Pokeball controller. Yeah, you know what? That You push down the uh, the analog stick as a button, so yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That'd be hilarious. Uh, all right, Ch- Switch Mania Playcast Challenge. If you can beat <laughs> Balan Wonder World with the Pokemon controller, Barry will give you a high five next time he sees you. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, so, I mean, the thing was, it was worth me getting it, but now I don't want to play it because it didn't save my progress. Like, something simple that they do in every game. No, not in every game. There's very few demos do that, but I always highlight when they do. But I wish more demos does it. No. Yeah. No. Bravely Default 2, for example, none of that progress saved over. It was a special demo. It didn't? No. It was a special demo. What the hell is wrong with these It was a special build of the game. Now, when I say Square Enix, though, like um, Dragon's Quest did. Dragon Quest did. Yes, Dragon Quest 11 has it. You're right. But not every one of their demos does it. So I squir- that's why Dragon Quest Eleven was awesome because I played the heck out of the demo and I'm like, all right, time to play. Because my wife set that um that clear goal for me where I had to beat the demo in order to buy the game, and yeah. I did. And Oninaki also had it from Square Enix to that. Yeah, so that's where I'm like, it just missed the ball on that. It's so annoying, but I mean, so from the picture I'm using for the playcast, there are a lot of um different costumes and i'm talking like dozens it looks like it so hopefully there's so many costumes that it's like ridiculous and i guarantee you can cut that in half and give every costume a second function and you would be fine oh yeah for sure (laughs) i mean honestly it should be kind of like a mega man thing where some of the stuff just turns into inherent abilities that you get for every 3d platformer and we'd be fine agreed yeah, it's, so weird. it's just too restricted. I mean, the thing is, though, for a relaxing game, a satisfying game, a, I don't know. My daughter's in fidgets right now, fidget toys, which is literally just stuff to help with anxiety of kids. But like, she just they're all collecting them, which we call that toys. Oh, <laughs> by the way. Um, but that being said, though, like for that type of thing, it actually is pretty pretty chill. If you have no expectations of a good video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if if you th- the, the last video game you saw was Pong, then you probably do okay. Pong. <laughs> no, it's more like if the last cuz I mean it really does have like a knights type of thing where knights didn't really have any kind of buttons. And... But knights was a good game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they could do it without it. But this one um I mean the thing is is it We've we've progressed, we've evolved as gamers and as consoles, so should be a little bit more meat on the bone for this. But I would say once it gets under forty, worth a pickup. If you could find it for that price, then yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, honestly, if nobody picks it up, like from the casual side, like it'll it'll be available. It'll be another Earthbound. And yeah. as, we, as we've seen from Switch, prices are skyrocketing. It's disgusting. So speaking of prices skyrocketing, we could talk about the thing I alluded to earlier where Barry helped me get something. 
Oh. I got an Ease 8 in the mail. Oh, finally. nice. Yeah, so, so yeah, Barry helped me find a reasonable copy, which I think was just on eBay, but it was um a UK version of Ease 8, because I don't care about regions. And since everybody's been talking about how much they like our collector talk, let's do some collector talk. Um, Absolutely. I honestly do not care that... I have the UK version, the PAL version of Ease 8. My Ease Origin is the um, Asian version, I want to say, or Japanese version. No, European. No? It's, oh, it's, Ease Origin, yeah. Yeah, Ease, of Ease Origins. So I don't have the ESRB one, even though I got the ESRB one like months later from Limited Run. I had already beaten the game. So we did it for Playcast. So um, I didn't keep i kept the one that i beat i didn't keep the newest version just because it has an esrb logo on it so to me it's like getting ease 8 for an affordable price that's not hundreds of dollars and having it in a different region i get to play it now did you play it oh i just got it so no i it wasn't i mean i played all the games that we just talked about i played quite a bit of games right there actually perry so yeah normally i play nothing so it's it's good um, and I mean, I created the case inserts, the retail case inserts for both of our series two games last weekend too. So I was, I had a packed weekend. Um, but yeah, I haven't played ease eight. I, as I said, I'm traveling up to Indiana. It's one of the games I put in my switch case to, um, my, my, you know, my legend of Zelda breath of the wild switch case that I have. Um, it's one of the, the games I put in there. So I can bring it with, maybe I'll start it up. Maybe I'll start battling Wonderworld, or maybe I'll continue Hades. Well, we'll see. I got a bunch. I just I filled it up so that way I have variety and whatever I feel like playing. Um, but yeah, so I do want to play and beat Ease Eight before I play Ease Nine. So and I've heard both are excellent and different. They are. So very. Yeah, I love the Ease series as it is. I have every Ease game that came out on the PSP, um, all the limited editions, including the Ease Cross game that came out. Nice. The Japanese only one. I have that one too, and I love them all. So I just want to see them all ported to Switch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and if everybody wants us to, we should do it for a premium. <laughs> oh my God! If we could work with Falcom, I would be all over that. That would be amazing. Yeah, okay, we'll do all your old versions. Just you know, let us get the problem game. is, is they have different rights. Like, like, the publishing rights are all over there, the board for Ease. Like, Ease 8 and 9 came to the Switch because NAS America has those rights. Mm-hmm. But, like, before that, uh, Ease 4 was remade for the Vita and then just came recently to the PS4. And that's Exceed. Exceed owns the rights to that. So, for some reason, Exceed does not seem to want to bring their stuff to the Switch. So, that, that Ease is there. And Exceed did, uh, I think... The, a lot of the uh, the PSP ones, and they're just not moving them over. I mean, they did Shantae on the Switch. Yeah, that one they've they've done games on the Switch, <clears throat> but they're for whatever reason, like uh, Cold Steel, Trails of Cold Steel three and four are published by NAS and both come into the Switch. One and two were published by Exceed, and in like Asia, another company is doing it, but America Exceed owns the rights. And unless Exceed wants to bring those games over, which absolutely can play on the Switch, they they have to do it. And for whatever reason, Exceed is just not doing it. Yeah, maybe they'll delegate to us, Barry. <laughs> I'm all for that. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be able to go as slow though if that happened. 
I like Ugh. to go slow, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's me though. I would really love to see more uh, titles get ported over. Whereas there's, I mean, we see a lot of you know the YouTube community that are complaining about the ports, and I'm like, I just want more stuff on the Switch, like. I want everything on one console. Like, it's digging out the Vita or the PSP. It's like, eh, let me just play it on my Switch. I think people complain more about the ports when they don't get new games as well. Like, oh... Have we ever not gotten new games? (laughs) No, there have been... They're like if you look at year two for the Switch, for example, there were a lot of Wii U ports, and mm-hmm. that's where people were like, "Ah, oh, you know what? That's there's too many. Let's 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 break it up a bit." And I think we had a lot of first party titles on year two, though. Yes, but a lot of those were also Wii U ports. And look at look at this year thus far. Thus far, Nintendo themselves, I think the only game they actually put out this year thus far is 3D World. Or, which is a uh, a Wii U port with Bowser's Fury, of course, but it's still a 3D port, or a Wii U port. New Pokemon Snap comes out, you know, this month, but unless I'm missing one and I can't remember offhand, I don't think they put out anything in January or February. Well, I mean, Nintendo published Bravely Default too, but I don't really mm-hmm. count that as a Nintendo game because it's a Square game. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo's been putting their name on a lot of different new IPs uh, with this console, and a lot of them have been hit or miss. I mean, we talked about Astral Chain that they published. That's a hit. And, Big hit. Huh? That's a hit. I love that game. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what I mean? They're, like, they're publishing stuff like that where like Nintendo isn't taking chances on new IPs. What about Sushi Striker? They tried that one. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's even a port, though, because it was designed for the 3DS. Correct. And the 3DS was dying, so they just said, oh, we'll do 3DS and Wii, uh, Switch, I mean. I mean, they've been trying with new stuff, but it's, yeah, it's um interesting to see um what exactly Nintendo is going to to do, but I mean, it isn't just first party games because I mean we've had infinite games come out every year and people are like, there's no games. It's like um, so many games. There's so many that my year two books are going to be like 900 fucking pages, like, and I have to curse because there's so many. <laughs> there's so many games. Uh, yeah, I had a little talk, like I alluded, I was with JP earlier, and we were actually talking about how many games and, and, and space, because I'm usually the one complaining about space. And it was interesting to hear him, he, he was complaining to me about space, and how he had to move like all his Japanese games to another shelf, and when that shelf runs out, he doesn't know what he's going to do. And uh, I understand that feeling all, all too well. There are so many games mm-hmm. that come out every single week. Because what I, I do when I get my games in now, like I, I pile my games up. <laughs> and I pile them for a week. And after a week, then I'll, I'll catalog them and put them away. It's it's something I've done since COVID. I'm just like, you know, like, unless it's something I absolutely have to play, I've just, I let games sit just to play it safe. Be, be extra precautious. I don't care. It's what, it's what I do. And now it actually kind of works well with cataloging and putting things away. And it's something like to look forward to every weekend. And there are, there are some weeks where that pile is really small. And more often than not, that pile was big. And it just some, some weeks I had to make two piles. I'm like, oh my God, like what the heck happened this well, week? For me, I usually only have a couple games. So I only do it once a week. <laughs> um, I actually got in eight games this week, though, which is crazy for me. But yeah. I mean, one was that Space Invaders game we talked about. Um, I got in Ease 8, 
And then I did, uh, there were some sales on Best Buy, so like some $20 games, and ended up picking up Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, uh, Final Fantasy twelve, which I hadn't had, and Ari and the Secret of Seasons. I hadn't had any of those three games, and they're all under $20 a piece at Best Buy. It's a good deal. Um, got our Balan, of course. And yeah. um, Ease 8. And then um, the other one that I got in the mail, which was from Nicholas, Nicholas, was Hyper Parasite, which I didn't even realize that they had had available in their store. <laughs> so picked that up. And then I finally got in a game from um, PlayAsia, from the Play Exclusives. I got Scourgebringer in. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was super cool. And that came with a little, like, case and everything. I'm just going to... That's part of my subset, so there's actually a, sp- a sh- shelf space for my play exclusives. I did stop, though, after number 10, um, getting everyone, because they had some... They started doing visual novels and stuff in there. This wasn't interesting. Wasn't interesting at all. You know, there, there's a visual novel you should play, and it's re- it's more reading than anything else. There is some some decisions, but it's, it's like an easy visual novel because mm-hmm. of that. No, but it's a really like gripping story. Um, it's called Raging Loop. I, I highly recommend it. I I was addicted to that. Like it was like a book I couldn't put down, and I spent probably a good two to three days doing nothing but reading like in my spare time, just because I'm like I have to keep going. I have to see where this goes. And it's a very minimal uh, visual novel, unlike something like The Zero Escape. But it yeah. is such a gripping, and I didn't expect it to pull me in as well as it, it did. It's it's just such a cool mystery. If you don't like mystery, and you, it has a horror element too. You know, it's, it's all it's it's a M rated game. I mean, there's blood, there's yeah. there's death, but it is. I mean, really I'm insane. I'm gonna say just like strategy games, like I not playing my Switch to uh to read. I I have books to read for that. I actually have physical books that i read all i read every day so i if i'm gonna read i'm gonna do that um if i'm gonna play a game i'm gonna play something that's interactive you're missing out a good story then though missing out on a good whole genre because i'm missing i'm not doing any of those games in the genre yeah but those are good stories so instead of reading your book you could read your switch and you could get those great stories yeah but you got to realize barry that at work all day i'm on a computer screen when i'm working on premium stuff i'm on a computer screen and then I'm playing games, I'm going to play games on a screen. I'm not going to read on a screen, too. I actually read to disconnect my eyes, so I'm not going cross-eyed and getting bad eyesight <laughs> from staring at screens all the time. So it's like, do I want to sit there and stare at more of a screen and read? If I didn't have the the 10 hour plus hours at work with a screen, maybe. Because, <laughs> yes, I do I work 10 hours plus premium. So. Yes, and, you're a busy man. And unlike uh, old JP, who can sit there and tweet all day during his um, work day, I can't do that. I don't work from home. <laughs> I work at work, so I've never had the the uh, convenience to work from home. So, um, yeah. But I wish I had time to do all that. But if I'm going to play, I'm going to play classic stuff, and it's interesting. So I'm not a big fan of the visual novels for the, the play stuff. So it also helps me limit myself. Which is nice. I I do like to limit my um my scope of what I play. Um, and then the other final thing that I got in was the Luigi's Mansion Three manual from Rowan. Yes, which that came out really well. Super awesome. Um, I was telling talking with Rowan. 
the other day and I was like, man, people just missed the points of your manual because he posted the manual and it's like a little like hotel guide for the <laughs> for the hotel that you yeah. go into Luigi's Mansion. And then when you open it up, it actually does the Luigi's Mansion cover and everything, which is exactly what that game does. It you know, subverts your expectations. And he was like, yes, somebody else finally gets it because he posted the what the finalized one and people were like complaining. And I'm like, why are people complaining about this? This is a cool thing. Like he's doing artistic things. Now, this manual is freaking thick. It's it's huge. Like, like yeah. Rowan goes big with his manuals. Um, and what's funny is if we, because um, Rowan helps out and does the the primary design on our manuals, and if we go bigger than you know twenty ish pages, it makes the packaging company very nervous. <laughs> and then they'll try to tell us, "Oh, we can only go a certain size." And then JP goes, "Actually, there's this game here that has a fifty page manual that's in the." <laughs> that's when you like went off on the uh, the packaging company, and they're like, "And you released that game." And they're like, "Oh." <laughs> and JP does his pushes his glasses up on his nose and. <laughs> It's just super funny because they they'll tell us that they don't want the case to bulge and stuff like that for the releases. Um, but Rowan does an awesome job. He's he's working on robot name fight manual right now. Actually, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna probably design the covers because I've been typically, and you'll notice it with our first two releases, the covers I've been pulling from the um, eShop title cards title cards on the eShop. So the Super Blood Hockey one, for example, is the Super Blood Hockey eShop card, and it's also on the icon. Sometimes they're on the icon, sometimes they don't use them on the icon. Uh, that was a request from Digerati, who's the digital publisher of Super Blood Hockey. They want us to, they commissioned that art or something, so they want us to use it somewhere. I was like, well, we can use it on the front of the manual. It'll be right in the inside of the cover, right in the inside when you see it. I thought that was a cool thing. So I'm yeah. probably going to utilize that uh, for Pigeon Dev. It was four games. So Rowan actually did like a collage, which looked awesome on that one. But yeah, we'll see with Robot Named Fight if I dig the um, the art, if it fits, all that. And the same with other game that we haven't announced. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So it'll be super fun. So let's see. So you said you hadn't played much because you were. Um... Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, the only real things I've played was uh, still doing a little Animal Crossing. They uh, they just added new stuff today. The cherry blossoms are out. The Easter events going on, and nice. they added stuff for prom. And uh, the the whoopee cushion goes away today. So I've been logging in to to get that stuff and keep cataloging. But uh, other than that. I have been, what little time I've had, I'm still working through Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus, which I'm maybe just a little over halfway through it now. I'm going much slower, but it is a big game like all Falcon games, and I, I would love to see this come to the Switch. It is so interesting to see the, the mixture of the the Cold Steel series and the Ease series. And just the the way they use elements and the story is really intriguing and the characters, like like most Falcom stuff, is just really good. And it's it's just one of those games that grips me, and I hate that I don't have the time to sit there and play it like I want to. 
Uh, I'm hoping maybe by next weekend or, or yeah, probably my next weekend I should have it finished. But that all depends on you know how everything else goes. Oh, well, we need to make time so you can play some Hades because we got to do that for the cast. And yeah, well, I I don't like playing multiple games at the same like Animal Crossing. I don't really consider like playing or like logging in to get some items or whatever. But like yeah. I want to I want like when I'm in a story driven thing, like I don't want to be interrupted from the story. I want to finish the story. It's like reading two books at the same time. You get confused. Well, like, you know, read I'm, one I'm book. I'm telling you, Hades is going to turn into an Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's a roguelike. So, like, you literally have to restart and restart and restart. Yeah, it's I'm not a fan of roguelike, though. So, um, who knows? Yeah, there's there's a whole, you know, progression piece, though. And I, I do like the way that Hades does allow for a progression. It gets you, there's enough meat on the bone for me. That's that's for me like a roguelike. It has to have enough where if I do a run and I die and I start over, I've gained enough that I'm actually stronger next time. So if I fail like five or ten times, you know, I feel like on that eleventh t- time I am like Superman in comparison. Well, if it's I will one where tell it's like you only put on God mode. There's something called God mode um, that they en- enable, and you don't have to put it on. And if you don't listen to this playcast, you may not know about it. Or be on the playcast and record with us. Um, but if you put on God mode, every time you die, you get another two or th- two to four percent uh, defense. I think it's two percent defense strength. So it allows you to last a little longer every time you die. So you what happens? What happens if you don't have that on? You get nothing. You don't get any extra defense. Um, you still get um, as you collect things, as you make it through levels, you you get unlock. You can unlock different abilities and things. Um, and those stay with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, that's good. Like, I was doing Dead Cells, and, like, I I gained one ability that stayed with me, but everything else I lost. And I was like, this is so frustrating, because I'm one of those people, like, I love Zelda. And why do I love Zelda? One of the things is that progression, that, Mm -hmm. hey, I just got the hammer. Now I permanently have the hammer. Now I can go back and look around and find places to use the hammer. It's not, oh, crap, I died. Now I gotta go back to that dungeon to get the hammer just to go over here and get into this one building. Like, Like, I like having that constant progression. Yeah, like robot named fight's gonna be a different beast for you because it's a random random. So as you the unlockable thing is so if you get to like the hover boots or you get to the the um you know, the ball, which they call something else, you can actually like go into like a little character and stuff like that. Once you unlock all that stuff, like it's not unlocked, you get it can randomly show up in the next run. And it's net nothing's ever in the same spot twice, so it is a weird beast, but it's super addicting for me. Um, I talked about how to cheese it last episode, which is a way to, to if you find a good seed, because um, there's four billion. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like yeah, you're in, you're gonna see the same one twice, um, but I found a way to to cheese it a little. So that'll be super cool. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like how people take to Robot Name Fight that aren't haven't played it yet, that aren't part of the community, because it'll be... It's a it's a beast, but it's it's freaking Super Metroid, man. So good. <laughs> it is. So good. So it'll be really interesting to see, because there's... Like, the, the sense of progression is a different style than Hades. Um... And again, the roguelikes for me are, are hit or miss. Certain ones and certain genres don't 
don't um, because I really didn't like tumble seats, so it really didn't connect with me. They don't connect with me. But like Robot Name Fight's great. Hades so far is has been a good one. Uh, Dead Cells didn't quite connect with me either, so I was I was with you on that. Um, but to me, it's like I would almost rather have a meticulously designed world where they put everything where they want and you go through the game and then do that do the um procedurally generated or roguelike portion as a bonus i think that'd be a fun bonus well that's what uh sunder did or sundra did where it was randomly generated as a roguelike but there were particular rooms that were always in the same spot but the the way to get to those rooms wasn't always the same path Mm -hmm. But you knew the general area when you looked at the map. You saw the room there, so you knew if you were getting closer or not. And that game, what I liked about it is everything you killed, you got experience points. And when you died, you went back to the the center. And all those experience points you kept. And then you could spend them in a tree on skills. And those Mm -hmm. skills you kept. So if you were having real trouble, you can go... Go as far as you can, die, go, you know, and and just start upgrading yourself. So Hades does like have that. that. Hades does have that. You look into a mirror and you can upgrade using certain things that you collect. And those those stay forever. Yep. Those upgrade. Um, See that that might. And be then robot night and fight you're gonna like because there's certain rooms and when you see them you're gonna know where some of the power ups are at and things. So like even though there's a four billion like there'll be like room layouts that you'll be able to see I'm like oh yeah there's probably a hidden thing right here that has a power up and, and yeah I, I played a little robot named fight and i did really like it but it's a beast it is a beast it's gonna be interesting because jp's been saying multiple times we gotta just play and beat our games and i'm like Okay, JP, we'll see if you can play and beat Robot Name Fight. You, he still hasn't you. played Pigeon Dev. <laughs> you not supposed to say that on the playcast. <laughs> yeah, it was funny when he said that to him uh, was it that this week. I was like, because he played through Blood Hockey a bunch because we played it on the playcast. Well, we hadn't done Pigeon Dev yet, which we will soon for the playcast. We'll do a couple. Um, and he's like, he's like, well, well we're going to play the next ones. I'm like, so you haven't played it. Ah, got him. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I played through and um, and completely mastered uh, original Awesome P1, played Awesome P2 through played uh, Bucket Knight through, and then played most of Explosive Jake. Um, Explosive Jake for me would be, was, was a cool bonus kit, but it was it's a very bare-bones um, Bomberman-style clone. I mean, the developer, she loves that game, and she just wanted to include it on the collection. Um, but to me, it's Awesome P1 and 2 are the highlight of the... Of the oh, absolutely. And then yeah, the two bu- are- Bucket Knight's, Bucket Knight's like satisfying, it's fun, but it's like it's a fun little bonus. So, yeah. Yeah. But I love Awesome P1 and Jam. That's that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, really good games. But yeah, JP hasn't played. <laughs> oh, classic JP. It's a, I think everybody who knows JP just assumes he hasn't played a game. And are more shocked when he says he actually has played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a busy man. He doesn't have time. It's too busy getting mock games made of him all day for April Fools. <laughs> was was there anything good for April Fools? Um, well, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of. Besides, for you getting sad for waiting up all night to get a T-shirt, I, because I, <laughs> I laugh I, at you for that. <laughs> I, 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 I turned in early. JP continued, but I called it that there was not going to be anything, and you know, any game, and I was right. But there was. 
What was uh, the what was the company called? Limited Rare Games. Limited <laughs> Rare Games. Everybody thought it was like limited run games and it was limited rare games and then um it was just funny cuz they like they kept teasing with a countdown and everything and then they released a t-shirt. Well, the countdown kept changing. Mm-hmm. at the end like it count down to zero and then it just started going to weird random times and with weird weird random messages um every time you refreshed it it was very bizarre and what's um, funny is is that everybody thought it was limited run and then one of the limited run guys goes oh no it's it's this company and it's like um i think that's either a deflection by limited run because <laughs> they don't want to get in trouble for trolling as bad as they did or it's just some other random company that's doing it. Either way, though, it just says, like, I waited X amount of days and all I waited got five was, months. Waited five months and all I got was this crappy t-shirt. So I got the pink yeah. one because I woke up in the morning. I saw it. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to get a pink one because if you're going to go dumb, you're going to go pink because it's pink or black. Like, why would I get yeah. the black one and make it look cool? Like, no, it's got to look stupid. I, I got the black one to wear my trophy of failure. You know it would be really funny, and this is what I was thinking, and why I ordered the pink one. What if they did randomly just threw in a game with it? Yeah, that's that's something that some people were saying. Uh, something I actually talked with uh, JP a little bit about today, and he felt because it came right from the shirt company that there wouldn't be a game with it. It would just be the shirt. And I, I agree. I, I don't think there will be a game. We'll see. But who knows? Maybe they, could, maybe they could see who ordered a shirt and just mail a game separately. So who knows? We'll see. Or we're just expecting too much from them. Nah, I, I, I'm expecting a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting a shirt, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never know, though. It'd be pretty funny. Um, what, did they think it was hard copy games or something? I was like, I doubt it's hard copy games. That's, yeah, that's what that's what uh, Doug says it was hard copy. I doubt but, it's uh, hard copy. But you never outside know. Outside of that, I didn't really see many, uh, like, April Fool's, just stuff, like, on Facebook where people were like, oh, look, you know. Rowan tried doing done. one, and I had to warn oh. him. I yelled at him. Rowan was like, hey, I got all these uh, these done. And he posted like five or six different five. manuals. And I'm like, you know what the problem with that is, Rowan? Now everybody wants those manuals and they're going to bug you. And he's like, yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, I, was, I, I was legit. I'm like, wait, you got those done already? Like, you've been keeping this a secret from me, Rowan. You take my money. And then he it was, I'm like, it was funny because I said, so this is how things happen. Like the complete switch. And then it turns into the Switch Collector book series. JP. Because I did yeah. that as an April Fool's joke years ago. I was like, yeah, my April Fool's joke is I'm doing the complete Switch. And it's like, it's funny because the Switch isn't even out. And then, yeah, it turned into the Switch Collector. It's like, oh. And now I, now it took over for my complete collection series. <laughs> like, took over my life was the Switch Collector. Because the Switch Collector is really fun to do. And I only collect for the Switch. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to focus on the Switch Collector now. Oh, yeah. my... Oh my goodness! There, there have been a couple like games that were like talked about or announced today, and like people are like, "Oh no, it, it's this is legit! Like this is not a a fake game." And like Limited Run had a game, and um, it looks terrible. Nah, I'm not gonna buy it. It's a one day pre order. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. it looks dumb. Uh, it's, it's a PS4 game too. If it was Switch, yeah. I might have done it, but nah. Yeah, there's uh. There was See, one from that leads more credence to them being limited rare because they wanted to do their version instead, and they're like, "Yeah, limited rare doesn't do it. It's actually limited runs." Yeah, there was uh, the Monster Boy Collector's Edition. 
is is a legit thing that's coming soon. What kind of, what kind of bothers me about that is for those of us that did get the original release, we now have to buy it again to get all that extra stuff. What's and all I, the extra I, stuff? Because I'm not tracking any of that. Uh, let me see if I could find that. Can't bring up it, vague details on a podcast for somebody oh, I who worked all day and I didn't know what it was and now expect me to go, hey, so what's in it? Do I need to buy it? I bought Monster Boy. I love Monster Boy. There was, yeah, there was a couple things. Let's see if I could find that. Here we go. Uh, it says... It's going to have a 64-page composer signature booklet, a mm-hmm. cloth map, two-disc soundtrack, and all the launch goodies that came with the original release, okay. which was 24-page full-color manual, two sticker sheets. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, it's like, unless there's extra content on it or something, like, I'm, I'm okay. Well, so that's another thing people are asking, like, is the card going to be a, a newer version of the game? Hmm. I don't think they had many patches for that game, though, if I remember right. Not I don't know offhand, but... I don't think they had like, any new modes if, unless it was just bug fixes. Things like that, though, annoy me, though. It's like, unless they sell that stuff separately. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to get the soundtrack. But it's just, you have to buy the whole thing right now. But it's not, uh, you know, we have no date on that yet. But at least it, it was cool that that, that happened. Uh, and then... Out of nowhere, Strictly Limited put out a, a RPG, which was actually came out in, you know, uh, Asia, which, which is one of my double dips now because uh, I actually did it? get it in Asia. Um, it's Witch Spring Three Refine, the story of Erdy or Erdery. Hmm. It is uh, getting a collector's edition, a standard edition. Uh, the standard, or the, what they call the limited edition, which is just the game, it's limited to 2,500 copies. The collector's is uh, has a CD uh, soundtrack, hardcover, art book, sticker sheet, acrylic standee, exclusive enamel pin, and 10 character cards. And that has 2,500, I think, or uh, no. That's cool, though. That has 1,500. 1,500 for that. Well, and then I there's mean, another. I'm glad that there's an RPG. Plushie. Yeah. It's, well, it's a partner store. It's not, it, but it's Inin. Inin is doing it, so there's, oh. there's a chance this is actually going to come to America as well. And then um, we're going to get it for super cheap at uh, Walmart. So I'm gonna probably. Wait. I'm gonna wait uh, then. Uh, but but it's interesting because that's something I got like in Asia. I was like, oh, this is in English. Cool. Okay. Didn't think it would ever come here, and now, <laughs> sure enough, I wake up and here it is. It's coming. Not in April Fool's. Well. If you want to chase everything in real time, that's what you got to do, Barry. Otherwise, you got to be like me and wait, and then potentially have to overpay for something like Ease <laughs> Eight and get in a different region. I mean, there's it's a it's an ebb and flow when it comes to right. to collecting, and to me, like unless I absolutely want to play the game, like Ease Eight, I want to play before Ease Nine comes out, so I had to pull the trigger to get it early. Um, I will wait even longer and then maybe find it like yard sailing or. Um, like our, our, one of our buddies on the, uh, Nintendo Switch Physical, uh, names Ryan on there, who's selling a ton of his games. And I went to my second iteration of games that I'm buying from him now. So I bought See, another, like, 10 or 11 games from him that I don't have, and they're all, like, 15 bucks. Here's the, here's the thing about that. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. It is an ebb and flow, and it is a gamble. My issue, like, if you're a full set collector... There is no true list. Like, yeah, if you, is. well, this obviously the book that, but I'm I'm it's saying like, 
If you're patient. <laughs> if I'm you're patient, like, there will be an entire book encyclopedia series that you're helping put out, Perry. Yes, that, but, but that's 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 I'm talking like here and now for everything for mm-hmm. you know you, 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 what what we're doing with the switch collector is more like like chronicling the the history of it and really given more in depth as opposed mm-hmm. to here's a game it's just the name of the game kind of deal because when you're doing a full set and you're going for it a lot of it you don't care what type of game it is because you need everything what are the names of the games to look for so it's often easy to See, have one game lost and that's like to me that's such a soulless way to collect because it's like I just need the name I don't care what it is <laughs> it's like ah, no appreciation <laughs> But that's that's the raw truth whenever anybody's going for a full set. Like if you said, hey, I want to go for the full NES set, the first thing you do is you pull up a list. Or even if you don't pull up a list right away and you go get a bunch of games, you're going to get to that point when you say, all right, I have 500 games. Let me pull up the list and see what I'm missing now. Because mm-hmm. And you there use comes the complete you... NES book and you just yes. document it all. Cause I yeah, there is a point where you need, you need to hone in on what you're exactly going for. The problem, like if you're going for a full like North American set, it's a lot easier than if you're going for a full English set because there are a lot of these random Japanese and Asian games and European games that are all in English mm-hmm. that uh, don't get a lot of coverage. And some are like exclusive to Germany that just happen to be English. It's like, oh, great. And if you're, you know, if you're someone like JP, you're in the know. But if you're not, you're... you're oftentimes it's like wait you know what the funny thing is about jp is like he's mr great at communicating um but it's hilarious because like he'll wait and i'll design the entire switch collector book or something and they'll be like oh actually there's this game there and this game there and i'm like i posted the list a long time ago man (laughs) like i now have to reformat the entire book like he did that with with volume one with something, and then he actually missed a game that was his favorite game of all time that nobody has caught yet, that is posted. So we're not going to spoil it ever until somebody catches what game's missing from from Switch Collector Volume One. It's funny. <sighs> it's like his favorite game of all time. That's the best part about it. And I was like, really? It'll be in um, Volume Two um, at the end. Like, cause I, I always, I always post an in memoriam at the end, stuff we missed or stuff we got wrong or, you know, stuff like that. Cause it's going to happen. And then of course. it'll just be fun. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> like he, he'll do that to me though and be like, Oh, this is actually a thing. Or, um, the best part is I don't even pass him my digital, um, until later, my digital only, because there's so many games that keep getting announced all the time that I mean, heck. Robot Name Fight was in volume two. I had to remove it because we're publishing it. (laughs) (laughs) We screwed up the book. Yeah. But the best part is, is once it's published, don't care. Because once it's published, it's published. And the digital games that are in there, I then um, have a new way where I have, like I do checkmark stickers for everything that I own and collect. And then I'll do circle checkmark stickers because when I buy the uh, checkmark sticker sets, which those of you that have bought it, you get the same thing. On the circle checkmark ones, I'm putting when a game gets a physical release that didn't previously. So I'm like, yes, we got that one now. Um, there's a ton. So like when Blaster Master Zero got published, because that's in volume one, I put a little checkmark sticker there when it got a physical. So that's the goal of the digital only is to get all physical out of every one. So, Absolutely. Other companies, get on it, because we're going slow. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't going for them. So, 
We have one more piece, uh, Barry, for the end of the cast, and we could talk collector style too with it. There was a podcast request in Discord, and I figure yes. I could read it and we could talk through it. Um, funny thing was is that I was the only one who, after reading it, took it for what the person wanted, and like I think it was both you and JP were both thinking, "Oh, we can't talk about it like this." And I'm like, once I read this out loud, it'll be like, "Oh yeah, there's nothing negative about this at all." So yeah, here's here's what it is: podcast request. Since you folks are officially now game publishers as well, I would be interested in hearing the three of you, uh, there's only two of us here today, so sorry about that, um, run down what you thought were the best limited imprints one at a time. So the best of Super Rare, best of Strictly Limited, etc., covering the game, packaging, and historical importance. So I figure it's the best covering best game that we've seen from each company, the best packaging that they've done, and the best like historical importance. Um, and would be interesting to hear from the perspective of other publishers and collectors. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. So I figure we'll cover like our, and for the sake of time, we won't cover every company, but no. we could cover our, our favorite um, game that has been released by a limited imprint. Um, our favorite packaging that one has done and a historical importance. And we'll pick like maybe one or two each. We'll see how long they each take. Does that sound good? Yeah. Trying to Sweet. Think of them all, but yeah. Okay. So let's start with um, favorite game from a limited imprint. Um, my favorite game, it's in my top five. Uh, absolutely Bloodstained Curse of the Moon uh, that limited run put out. And the fact that they had a really cool... Um, I love that game, number one, because it's a, a complete throwback to Castlevania uh, Three Dracula's Curse. I think it's an amazing game. I love how they got the original artist from Castlevania Three to work on their uh, NES-style box. But plus, the game itself is just a cool way. So that is absolutely my favorite game that's come out as a limited imprint. You got one, Barry? Yeah, my I would say... I mean, this is tough because there's so many, but Infinite. I would probably say my favorite, if I had to pick, would be the Grandia HD collection from Limited Run. Ooh. I absolutely love Grandia 1, and I adore completely Grandia 2. Two fantastic, fantastic JRPGs. Uh, just, I never thought they would, you know, leave their era. And here they are on the Switch. And, of course, it was announced as a digital-only. You know, Square Enix barely wanted anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, we were able to get it physically. And to me, that is amazing because these are games that everybody should play, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so for packaging, you know, outside of tooting our own horn and we're premium edition. <laughs> like, yeah, toot, toot, toot. Um, and of course we're going to take a little bit of everything that we love and apply it to where, where we're at anyway. So the stuff everybody's seeing is like our greatest hits, our best of is where I mean, we're premium edition. We gotta, we gotta go over the top, but my, um, my favorite ones I've talked about on the playcast since, I mean, since Barry's been on <laughs> season one, um, I absolutely love the, um, special reserve boxes with the soft touch. Mm -hmm. So for my packaging, I love what Smitty does with the special reserve and all the different things. So from Messenger to Minute to my friend Pedro 
to Greece. They're all awesome. They have that the really soft touch. Our premium guides have a soft touch to them, Barry. So yes. Yeah, like you're gonna feel me like, oh my god! And we we took it up a notch and made it all 3D too, and it's gonna be ridiculous. But like we took our tribute. I didn't want to copy off them with our boxes because we're not copying off anybody. Um, but we may do a soft touch box in the future too. Just it won't be the same style. Um, but that being said, though, I love that. That's my favorite type of packaging is is them for sure, one hundred percent. They did down well too. They had a flip grip yes. in there, and it's different. It was a different size though, people. I hate it when they do different sizes. Like we're gonna try to stay consistent, man. Um, what about you for packaging? Um, <clears throat> I do I, enjoy you can, those. You can be you can be samezies too. <laughs> no, I do, I do enjoy those. Um, I'll obviously. You know, I'm a big fan of steelbooks, and some yeah. of the steelbooks that have come through have just been fantastic. <laughs> um, wait till you see ours. Oh, oh, yes. Like, I think it was one of the team members, I think it was Rowan or Frank. He was like, All right, move over, Thumper. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> Thumper is supposed to be awesome. the best. Yeah. It's an like, awesome steelbook. Like, once y'all see what we're doing, and this is what we've done with Pigeon Dev Games Collection, like a, a smaller release, like, the one that we saw for the art for Robot Name Fight, oh! <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that that is though overall my favorite edition. It's, but I it's think anything with a steelbook, anything with a steelbook. But I think I think if I had to pick one, like one particular game, mm-hmm. which I don't, I own the game, but I don't own the collector's edition anymore because I've pared down. But it was just like a personal collector's edition, and it did not feature a steelbook. But it would be Thimbleweed Park, which was the limited runs first ever for the Switch because I'm a child that grew up with Maniac Mansion. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with the era of big box PC games where it came with a manual and every time you booted up the game, it would tell you to turn to page whatever and type in the sixth letter or the tenth letter as a way of piracy control. (laughs) And the, the Thimbleweed Park... Uh, collector's edition is a big box PC with the like the little things like the newspaper and stuff in there that would have totally been in an old LucasArts you know PC game, mm-hmm. and uh, I just love that just from a nostalgic point of view. I think that's just really cool. And I know some people will probably be like, I like the the N64 carts and and all that stuff, which which I enjoyed too. But I go back farther than that, and I just really like that that old school PC feel from the Thimbleweed Park. Nice. So, um, so for historical importance, let's remove limited run games from that one okay. because it'd be too easy to say Scott Pilgrim versus the World or Mummy Demastered <laughs> or any of the multiple because they 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 can they got too many good IPs now. I mean, they're putting out Doom, they're putting out Streets of Rage Four, like Panzer Dragoon, like they're they're way too um <laughs> they got way too many. You know what I mean? Um. So now it becomes a little harder if you remove limited run games from the from the equation. Uh, to me, I would say that my favorite one so far, um, maybe it's tough, right? But it's really tough. Yeah, we remove it, but I would say Fan Gamers Undertale um, was a really cool one to see come out, and Fan Gamer is like only has only released a couple games themselves, right? Maybe only that one. Um, no, they've had a couple. Yeah, but like Fan Gamer's Undertale, because Fan Gamer's also worked with limited. Like runs. they did Hollow Knight too, for example. 
Yeah. So, like, doing Hollow Knight and Undertale, like, that for historical importance, like, the stuff that they're putting out is, like, you want to talk about quality title selection? That's them. That they have the utmost standard for quality titles. And talk about moving slow. They're moving slower than us. <laughs> like, like, ridiculous. I love it. But I would say Undertale, though, was like an epic game from years past. And to see that preserved physically on the Nintendo Switch in its glory is, is amazing to see. Um, I still haven't beaten the uh, Switch version. I beat it on the PC back in the day, which was an amazing experience. And I didn't even know about... I didn't watch anything online or anything. And I did not know until I played it through. And I'm like, oh my god, I effed up. <laughs> it was so good. And now, having the guilty one, now I'm going through the one of the proper ways. Because there's three ways you can play the game. Um, I went through one of the proper ways this time. And I'm just stuck in a spot. And I just hadn't went back in years. So, which is crazy how how fast time gets away from you. You got Makes one? Sense. You got one? Um, yeah, so I, I don't have like necessarily one. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's... It's really possible to say one definitive because I all the limited companies out there, they they have some fantastic games. And as a collector and as a gamer, I've loved entries from every single company. And that's not saying every game is a total win for me, but but there are just so many, especially if you're talking historically significant games. Uh, you know, immediately some that come to mind is like Strictly Limited has like the Darius games, which yeah. which are awesome. Load Runner, you know, like old old school stuff like that. Uh, they they were the first ones to do like Bubble Bobble, which now you know got got other releases. But things like that to me are really important. And then you have games like or, or companies like Super Rare, and uh, Super Rare Games has had some really great titles like getting world of goo and little inferno uh physical for the first time you mm-hmm. know ever to me is awesome and in evil land a game i fell in love with because oh. of the playcast you know yeah. is, is that's right still there. in my top games like on my collection on the face forward show yep you know and, and and titles like that just to me elevate them and that's that's just you know those two and that's not saying other ones don't have you know excellent games because they all do they all have some some historical you know significant games and and i think the just the act of preserving any game is historically significant because if somebody didn't preserve it it would eventually be lost to the aether and there's so many games like I, i was seeing the ninja gaiden trilogies coming out and people are like well what about the original version of one and two and the source codes for those games are lost. Like they cannot do a remaster unless they redo it from scratch, like they had to do with Okami. So those games are stuck in their original release on the the Xbox and the 360. And to me, that thank God there was physicals of those because you could still go back and play them, but they won't come back. You know, games like Panzer Dragoon Saga, the source code is lost unless they remake that whole game, which I would love them to do. That game's not coming back. And that's one of the reasons it's so expensive. But if physical didn't exist, that game would be lost to the ether. There's so many, even cell phone games, and I know people are like, oh, mobile, 
you know, but they're back before like touchscreen stuff, like flip phone, cell phone games. There were a lot of tie-in games. There were a lot of big IP games. Mm-hmm. 99% of those or whatever, maybe 90% are like lost to the either. Like, yeah, there's emulation and, and, and stuff like that, but not every game was preserved. Not everybody got every game. And that sucks. You well, know. and some of the cell phone games now are pretty good. Like, imagine if yeah. we got the Nintendo IP cell phone game. Yeah, hell yeah. What's that called? Dragalia um, Lost. Dragalia Lost. Like, if they removed awesome. the microtransaction-y things um, and and threw it on the Switch, like, I think that would be excellent. It, same thing with um, the Paimon game is what my daughter calls it, but it's the... Um, oh, Genshin Impact? Genshin Impact. If they did that with a non-free-to-play aspect... It would be a, yeah. a solid experience, but the thing is, they're they're gonna port that to the Switch eventually. I think it's just delayed, but they're gonna have microtransactions and all that stuff. Yeah, and, it's money. I mean, that's just yeah. the market. Yeah, and what my thing is is that those aren't to me. Those end up being like you hit a wall, a paywall, and Genshin yeah. Impact takes like twenty hours to but, get to the paywall. But the old mobile games were not like that. No. So, for example, like if you said, "Hey, I want to do all the Tomb Raiders," like you want to do a true marathon. Like there is an old school Tomb Raider mobile game that if you don't, if you can't find the ISO and and have an emulator running it, you're not playing all the Tomb Raiders because it, this was an official release. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of ones like that, and it sucks because those games are lost. So all of these companies, every single one, ourselves included, but every single one that came before us and every single one that will come after us. They're all historically important for that very reason. And I love that games. the Switch is a melting pot because we went all oh, over yeah. the gamut. And like I went toward little indie. Um, and my thing was is Hollow Knight and Undertale are not indie. They're like epic indie. They're like very known, not hidden at all, but independently created, which is amazing. And then you went toward like the major IPs, but everything deserves to have its limelight everything deserves to have a highlight and the way different and companies that's... do it with their own style i dig as well like you have first oh, press yeah. who's sitting there giving you some really cool book looking slip cases with some of their stuff great so fun and they have like the little um uh picture that continues on the side of their slip cases love that mm-hmm. i mean we already talked about the quality and the consistency of most of uh special reserve stuff um super rare is just cool because they do such a gamut of different types of releases and for a while they had like a bad reputation of picking quote-unquote bad games and then we're like yeah but during that time evil land came out and now they have dandara and then they have all these other type of solid titles and people like forget about all the good and they just focus on like titles that they didn't personally like and I'm like even those ones I enjoyed. I mean you have what is it, Faroon? Like mm-hmm. that's a great another great series. Like I have games that I need to play that Super Rare's put out and they're they're great. So and, and Super Rare gets the stuff in hand. Yes. So like they're actually able to ship out because they don't put it up for pre-order till it's ready to ship which i mean if we could do that we would be doing that for sure that was the original goal but that you know obviously goal. things things unfortunately change and there's hurdles and and stuff like that but i think i think you hit the nail on the head with that and there's i doubt there's going to be somebody that's going to be super excited about every single release no. like i'm happy for every release but i'm not super excited about every release like even even talking limited run they just announced doom one two and three coming and like 
I grew up with those games, but I won't play them right now. But I know there's so many people that are absolutely diehard Doom fans. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm happy for them. I'm happy this is coming. I'm definitely going to support it. But, you I'm, know. I'm, I'm definitely not... going to get it. But the sad thing is, is that I already have Doom 1 and 2. And, um on my switch i already bought them because they were on sale for a couple bucks so the fact is is that they're already on sale and now you're like want to pay full retail price for them well see that's even even doom for example when i saw it was coming to ps4 my initial thought was well that seems kind of like a waste because the ps4 got the slayers collection which also included doom 2016 i didn't realize because i own that and i have it on the shelf i didn't realize that that's really just doom 2016 and code vouchers for one two and three Mm -hmm. and i was like wait what that's cheap like oh my god like i feel dirty and deceived now because i didn't realize that's what it was so like all right now this limited run release makes sense now Um, is the limited run release only doom one two and three do they have one two and three they don't have final doom on there or some of the other stuff no, it's just because those don't exist on the Switch right now, as far as I'm aware. Weird. It's just one, two, and three that are on the Switch and PS4. Interesting. Well, do, and they already released Doom 64, so. Yeah, that's already a separate thing. And people are now talking maybe they'll do Doom Eternal as well, since that was digital only. <clears throat> but I that's hope so. That's, I do too. That, that's another negative thing about non region free, because my one of my favorite ever digital titles in America was only digital. And, and I did play it, and I loved it. And in Europe, Europe actually got a physical copy, and I'm jealous. And it's put out by Ubisoft, you know, Scott Pilgrim people. Uh, it's called Outland. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever played it. It's, it's mm-hmm. a 2D Metroidvania with Ikaruga-style things where it's, everything's black and white. And, like, in order to kill a black enemy, you have to be white, but... You get hurt, but if there it's a you know black enemy and you're switched to black, their hits don't hurt you, and you have to constantly swap between the two uh, as you're exploring this really cool environment, and it's challenging and it's you know progression and a lot of fun, and only Europe got it, and it was only it was 360 and I believe I, I'm guessing PS3, but I, I did a 360 Xbox Live Arcade version, and in America we never got a physical, and the 360 is not region free, so you can get it, but you can't play it. And, and I think that, that game they gave it to us on Xbox uh, Game Pass or Xbox 360 or something. I think they gave the, the 360 version for free. Yeah, Games for Gold or something. Games for Gold back in the day. Because I'm looking at it right now as you were talking, and I'm like, it has that cool red and blue background. Yeah. With the subdued character. And I'm like, I, I looked at Switch physical first. I'm like, ooh, it's on the Switch? No, no, it's not. No, it's. I don't think it's been off the 360 or PS3. No, but yeah, I definitely saw this. I'm like, I have this on my Xbox One right now. It is amazing. I haven't even played it. It is amazing. It is it is something that that is, truly blew me away, and I became really addicted to. You would love it, absolutely. You would love it, knowing that you like Metroidvanias, mm-hmm. and I would love to see this come back. And again, without that region free for us in America, we can't get a physical. That is it. The servers are shut down. The backwards compatibility goes away. You cannot play that game. You know what's Europe, funny though is like this is where like that era. I looked at that um. The box, the the art. I never played it because I thought it was a first person action game, just like everything else. And I'm looking at screenshots now. I'm like, yep, I would love this game. Yeah. <laughs> like what the heck? I never played it. Oh my goodness. 
It looks cool though. But that's the thing though is like I would love to see that stuff come to the Switch. Like yeah. something that we've never seen from the 360 era. They could easily port that over. And Ubisoft and Nintendo have a great relationship. Yeah, they do. What the heck? Yeah. And I don't think that's that's where I feel every company that does this is a hero. And I've I've gotten a you know a different conversation with people and some some people say like, Oh, you're you're anti digital, you're anti digital and that's not the case. It's anti digital only. I'm fine with digital games as long as there's a physical two because we're seeing this now with the the, the PS3, the Vita, and the PSP store going away, um, which was really uh, a shitty thing to do considering that the Vita developers didn't even know this was happening. They were just pulled the rug out from under them and people are scrambling. And you know what that's going to do to physical PS3, physical PSP, and physical Vita games? It's going to make them skyrocket. Because that would be the only way to play these games. Good, because I have my PS3 games all. My wife gives me crap because I have like 100 of them. <laughs> I didn't really collect for it hardcore. I just got them all super cheap because I was like, oh, I need to play this game. Oh, I need to play this game. Because, again, the way I collect is like I wait. And there's so many PS4 games I still need to buy. Or PS, some of my PS5, like the big games I had never got. And... It's gonna be a smorgasbord for me, and I love it because I'll buy it once they're super cheap, and then I'll just hold on to them, and then the time never comes because I only collect Switch now, <laughs> so I actually stopped doing it. So, <laughs> oh. I'm so glad that I'm free and I can only collect what I want. But <sighs> it's there's so many cool games on the other system. That's where it's like yeah. I can't be just a Switch collector because there's so many amazing titles out there. But well, that's just it. Like I, I'm, I'm a obviously huge Switch collector, but I collect for everything because there are great games on every system. And we're just like gamers. Right. We love playing good stuff. Yeah, and especially if you like a particular developer, you know they don't always mm-hmm. put on one system. Like I'm playing Tokyo Xanadu. It's about Falcom. I love Falcom and the, the Cold Steel and the Trails of and Legend of Heroes and Ease. All right, and- Barry, you have a you have a thing. You need to reach out to Falcom and say that Premium Edition will bring that game over to the Switch. That's that's Axis. You know, Axis owns the the Hit publishing rights. Hit them up. Hit up Falcom <laughs> and say they don't own the publishing rights on the Switch. We do now. Make it happen. <laughs> I'll I'll do my best, but I can't guarantee I'll even get a response. We need guarantees here on the Switch Mania Playcast, Barry. Garen, we need guarantees, all right? Guarantees. We need a baron. We need a guarantee that you're gonna make this happen for all the game. <laughs> I'll do my damnedest, but I will say, don't hold your breath. <laughs> my breath's already held. I'm about to pass oh, out here. Oh well, then it's been nice knowing you. Mm-hmm. Later. <laughs> a, oh man yeah but i mean that was a really cool question i didn't write down who the actual person that asked it in the chat on discord was but oh, i love those type of questions because like to me i read it just like that just like this conversation this is what i envisioned us doing was talking about our favorite stuff that we've collected um perfect example do it off cuff where we don't really plan it a whole lot so we gotta pick stuff and then, yeah. of course, throwing in a limited of, okay, not limited run for historical, because they've done so much good so stuff. And here's the thing, as much as, like, it's like, damn, limited run's getting all the, the good games, like, I mean, Super Blood Hockey is a freaking hidden gem that n- people enjoyed and didn't really realize until they play it. They're like, it's not a exactly. traditional sports game. It's amazing. Um, uh, as for the question, it was Curious Pomegranate. Curious Pomegranate. Yeah. Um, 
because the thing is, is that like our series two games, we got robot named fight. We got another game. That's a great one out there. Series three. We got some hidden gems coming that were like, how would, how do these not have a physical already? Seriously. Um, yeah. And then, you know, whenever camp sunshine, sunshine manor finish, we're going to be putting that out. And that's going to be like a, when it's ready type thing. It's not going to be in a traditional series because you have Kickstarter backers that, um, you know, supported that thing last fall. So it might be in the middle of a series when we have to make that one happen. But it'll be it'll be a different little beast. And then, I mean, I think we're already working on Series 4 with some games. We just know that we had to let them know, like, Series 4 is like 2022 because we're only doing a couple games per series. <laughs> so it's going to be super interesting to see because we want it to be like a, you know... A, an event every time we do a release where we get the patches and we don't overwhelm Barry and (laughs) (laughs) like, like we do a game every other week. Like it's just to us, it's, I mean, yeah, like people would likely support it and we can do it, but we're premium edition. Like we want to take our time. We want to do it right. We want to give everything the love and care. I like being able to spend a weekend just working on a couple case inserts and I get to do it and then I can play some games too and I don't have to like rush to get all these different items all done where I'm having to rush through it and it doesn't mean as much and I'm not able to throw in as many little fun little things because there's a ton of little like if you go through the manual super blood hockey like I threw in a ton of little hints and like secrets from playing the game like for example there's a trash can in there and there might be a trash can mentioned at the very beginning of the of the story mode in Super Blood Hockey. Like, hilarious what's in the trash can. Like, little, like, hints and secrets that were thrown into stuff. And just because Rowan does some of the design, but Rowan and I are working on everything together. Like, it's um, adding in lots of little fun treats into the games. It's super cool. Absolutely. And, well, I think that's the, the thing. You know, there's a saying that says, "Good, you know, good things are worth waiting for." Mm-hmm. And well, and it's quality over quantity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, and we're talking like each and every item we're trying to make over the top, regardless of what the game is. If we're signing a game, we're gonna make sure that you know it gets the care that it deserves because it's we, premium treatment, and we're. You know, again, we love the. We just mentioned it with all the other the companies that we've enjoyed releases from. We love the preservation piece, and we feel like we'll be doing a disservice if we're like, "All right, this game was cool. All right, next week, <laughs> next game," like, and then people are waiting eight to ten months for each one of our games because we got so many that are coming in and out, and like. It's crazy. So if we get delays, I mean, we just we just wait a little bit, and that allows us to, you know, do some extra fun stuff. So because it, it took a little bit longer with um, waiting on the Pigeon Dev games for the Steelbook took a little longer, and the um, the I think we're waiting on the Neo Geo case to arrive so we can ship the book, um, and slipcase for that. But like once that arrives, but we have a, a really cool something that we're going to announce in between as a stopgap, just as a fun little thing that we can do and it'll release while we're waiting. And that's the 
that's one thing. Like if we're if we're stuck waiting for something, it's not like it's all right. We're gonna sit here twiddle our thumbs and wait. Like stuff is still happening mm-hmm. every day. Oh yeah, I'm nonstop working on things. And the thing is too is that this secret thing that we're gonna be doing, this fun thing that we're gonna be doing, which listeners of the Playcast know, we always like reveal a little bit. Um, it is gonna be something that we see ourselves doing for other titles. Um, like we know developers all across the switch for all different types. And, and JP likes to, likes to pretend he knows everyone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we would like to do that as a, as a thing. And so we'll, we'll see if everybody takes to our, what we're going to announce and they like it, um, for our titles, maybe we'll do it for other titles too. Imagine as JP's, as, as JP would allude to. And actually, we just quoted Barry, giving it the premium treatment. Mm-hmm. Imagine Absolutely. That. Like, like just doing that. And I've already had an idea from day one. I was already thinking of doing it and talking with some some developers and stuff. And you know, it'll be cool to do. And I like I like doing a very vague explanation of stuff and seeing if anybody catches <laughs> it. Because people ca- are catching stuff. Because some of our videos oh out there, they're 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 pretty smart. I love it. <laughs> people have figured out some things or are caught on to some things that I didn't expect and I was like wow this so much for that surprise <laughs> I mean and then JP spoils the rest so we're, we're good nah <laughs> oh, but anyways um, I think we should wrap up unless you think that there's anything else we need to cover no I think we covered quite a bit and uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh in our Discord, who's not only been conversing but actually talking in the the Switch Mania Playcast channel, and and we have some really good conversations there, and and lots of good feedback, and and uh, hopefully you you enjoy the the continued Playcast and a lot of the the collector and retro talk, and you know definitely give us your feedback. So if you're listening to this and you want us to talk about a particular topic, or you just have a message you want us to read on the Playcast, you know that's the channel. Do it. We'll call you out. We'll give you credit. And uh, we want to hear from you. We want, you know, you you just kind of steer the ship, if you will, you know, like give us some direction and we'll uh, we'll do that, you know, make <laughs> make it fun that way. Well, and if you, um, you know, comment in there and ask us some questions, maybe it'll be like this one and we make a whole topic of it. Also, you can you know, leave us a voicemail in, yes. in Anchor. And in that app, you can leave us a voicemail and we can hear it. We'll play it on the Playcast just like we did for Jesse like a, a few weeks ago. It's absolutely. super fun for us. And, you know, if it piques our interest, we'll, we'll absolutely entertain it and, and talk about it here because, you know, we're just part of the community having fun with stuff and, you know, doing what we can. Um, yeah, so that'll be good. Maybe next week we'll talk Hades. Maybe. Um, but we are going to be taking one week off in between because I'm going to be out of town. Unless you guys can figure out how to record, then I'll just call in and we can record. And then we'll edit it when I get home a couple days later. Um, it's going to be up to I you guys. We'll talk about it. Because if we can figure out how to record audio, I can edit it later. Um, but it has to be decent all in one one audio chain like i do here because it keeps it simple um, we'll, we'll figure something we'll either figure it out or we'll have a week off yeah either way is fine with me i'm just gonna be out of town so i won't be on my computer so it'll be cool so um should we go over where to find us absolutely so of course with premium edition games we're at premium edition games.com both super blood hockey and pigeon dev games collection are for sale and shipping 
and the retro edition should be shipping very soon and the deluxe shortly behind it and we say very soon like within the month month and a half at the most because uh, the game should be arriving the the steelbook should be arriving soon that's what we're waiting on and we already got the uh early advanced copy so it should be soon um my books and everything is available at hagensalley.com we actually will be uh launching a kickstarter for the mike tyson's punch out book that should be coming out and they wanted to uh, launch it tomorrow like on the 2nd of April, because we're recording on April Fool's Day. Uh, and I was like, uh, you shouldn't launch on a Friday. So it should be next week before, you know, the next episode air. For me, before we record the next episode, it should be live, um, which is by an author named Daniel um, Lancanathia. I, I said his name way wrong. His last name. I can never say it right. But uh, Daniel is a really huge punch out. He did a Mike Tyson's punch out book years back and he, want, he wanted to um, figure out how to publish it for less than $125 a book. And I was like, uh, yeah, I got you, man. I can do like a tenth of that. Like, I can do way cheaper. I think he's going to charge a really affordable price for everybody. He's offering a lot of cool upgrades, slipcase upgrade, all this stuff. Like, I mean, we're going to be going really fun with it. And the, and the book's already written. It's about 425 pages. So it's huge, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so that'll be going soon. Um, I was thinking about it too, Barry. With Hagen's Alley Books, we have seven authors signed, besides for myself now. Seven. That is great it's like almost that's as many team members as we have for premium it's crazy um so i got a ton of authors there's there's a mortal Kombat book coming too uh this year the, the mortal the combat compendium that's coming uh to kickstarter so a lot of these kickstarters it's not even me anymore barry i can't even do my own books <laughs> premium has taken over my life <laughs> um but you can find me on facebook and the twitter at hagan's alley and at hagan's alley books on instagram all right barry where you at uh, you could find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And for all things premium, you could find me at the Discord and in our emails and social media. Uh, and then since he's not here, we should say that you could find JP at JP Switch Mania at virtually everything, including the premium Discord or the premium uh, Twitter and the premium Facebook, along with Frank. JP's on Twitter. Like if you oh, go on Twitter and yeah. post anything with premium or even an image that might remotely have something that we've done in it, he'll comment on it like immediately within seconds. Him or Frank. Yeah, he he is very uber responsive. Yeah, I think he has some kind of crazy alert set up to where it pops up and he goes, Oh <laughs> Well, you get the notifications, but he's he just seems like always at the ready. It's I, I wish I had that kind of ability to switch my attention because that that's that's killer. <laughs> that is killer. Why is JP? That is that's why he's JP the man, the myth, <laughs> the crazy man. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.